appreciate Brenton for honoring the tradition of Nightwing being thicker than chocolate ganache. <laughs> and I'm being so serious. He physically got thicker as the season progressed. It's like he knew in the back of his mind that his time is coming. And one of this is why I love Brenton. Brenton knew that with great nyash comes great responsibility. of Starring Cupid, the safe space for the romantically thirsty and citizens of Standom. I am your host, Zamodarex. Nothing more, nothing less. Not the West, but the East. Turn a boy into a beast. Hello, 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 everybody. How, how is everyone? How are you guys doing? How is it going? I hope that all is well. And everybody is feeling alright. I'm okay enough. <laughs> I'm just right at the border of okay. It's just life. Life is moving at a 300 years per hour rate. And I cannot keep up at all. Hence, you know, the delay in releasing Monday instead of Friday. But, you know, I, I, I think I've said this a few times. I'm much more lenient on myself now. I've no longer put this pressure on myself to be consistent at the sake, for the sake of it not really always producing the best of my work. It's, it's always good to take my time, especially because... I wanted to get this particular pair right. I I love most of the subjects that we come out here. However, these two, I treasure them. I treasure them so much. I would gatekeep them if I didn't want everybody else to get in on this beautiful action. That's how much I love them. Lovers. Today, I will be covering a pair so iconic, so dynamic, and so fantastic that they transcend the comic book multiverse. Today, I will be talking about Coriander's and Dick Grayson, better known as Starfire and Nightwing, from the live-action Titans series. Now, if you've been here for quite some time, if you know me personally, I am a big superhero nerd. Oh, actually, let me say I'm a medium nerd. I, I, I've fallen off considerably over the years, and that's that's on me, but it's also a little bit on them. We, I'm going to blame the content a little bit. They've, they've pushed me away. If I had to choose between the two big um comic book movie powerhouses that are out there i have to say 
that I'm a Marvel girly. Um, I, I, I used to say it with passion, but now I just think that it was mere coincidence that I am. The MCU, well, the MCU that we know right now, the storyline that we know right now, it kicked off when I was old enough to care about this stuff. Um, it gave me a fun avenue into this world, the slow introduction um, from my preteens into my teens into my young adulthood. You know, they were just always there and they made it a worthwhile investment at the time. I, I cannot speak for the MCU as we see it today. But at the time, I'm telling you, it was it was a jump. It was a good time. It was a little over there. DC Comics. Actually, wait, the C in DC stands for comics. So that's, but my point is, DC, mm, they have a tone. They have a tone with their stories that I have just never grown to like. The Nolan-directed um, Batman trilogy, that was amazing. That was great. I, I think about it often. But I've always taken that to be more of a Nolan film, like a Chris, Christopher Nolan thing on its own, rather than DC movies. Like, that was its own. Yes, it had that tone that I'm complaining about, but they were different. Everyone everyone can agree that the, the Nolan Batman trilogy was different from what we have been offered from DC thus far even when they tried to revamp the the universe um with the whole justice league bringing in um ben affleck as batman i just i could never i could never get into them i could never change sides so to speak but that's the movies and then they were the cw shows for dc characters it is a known fact that when it comes to television, DC takes the crown. I, I'm not sorry, because it's very, very true. Marvel shows just weren't on that level. They were not on that level. Like when I was young, when I was preteen age, yes, I casually started watching Arrow on TV. And then sometimes I'd catch episodes of The Flash because I was interested in superheroes at that time. Didn't matter. They're different denomination oof but yeah those those were like that's like a, a small example of what dc had to offer with their television shows people speak on the greatness of smallville to this day and that was released what in the early 2000s i, I don't remember i wasn't watching i was too young but you know that kind of thing even their animated shows are highly rated and like that's one thing that i will get the animated shows are really good i give dc a lot of hell online but they get some stuff very correct when given the chance titans to me personally of my opinion i think titans is an example of a thing that they got right i think that cory and dick tend to get lost in the noise when we're looking at the main heroes of this comic book franchise but to me they're my stars 
when we look at the Titans franchise branch of DC. They are a great group of superheroes. I really love them. Um, I think my favorite, my favorite is Raven. I've always, I've always just loved an emo girl, but also I like her in general. And I could have made this episode about the combo of Raven and Beast Boy. But I chose this pair firstly because um, the Dickory fan base is massive. Open the hashtag on Tumblr and you will see just one eighth of how massive this fandom is. People love these two. They love them. And secondly, I like the type of couple they are, especially within you know, the comic book, well, they're not a movie, but, you know, like superhero stuff. I think I, I like the kind of couple they are in the in those kind of fictional universes. There's lots of famous um, pairings in DC that are hero and human or hero and gray villain or hero and hero. And the last one, I think, brings about unique challenges for our couples. It's also this, your time is limited, not limited, but your time is precious because when you're a hero, an active superhero, you're always one mission away from losing your loved one. Like there's always going to be something that could possibly be the reason why you die today, especially within DC that is not afraid to touch on the dark parts of the job. So unless the old Lazarus pit is around, you know, your days are numbered with you and your love. So I like, I like that. I like the stakes part of the hero plus hero dynamic. But yeah, this version of Starfire and Nightwing, they're great. They're so great because of how they came to be, how they form and how the love defiantly grows through the obstacles that come their way and the obstacles come their way so without giving too much away let's get into the production details and then right on over to when dick met cory this show was created by greg berlanti akiva golds Goldsman, sorry, and Jeff Johns in 2018. There were four seasons altogether and it recently ended in mid-2023. There are so many, there are so many shifts in the writing room um, because the show lasted for four years. Four years, sorry, that's terrible mathematics. Four seasons and five years. So, all in all, I think there are maybe like, there are 49 episodes. So, there's more than 40 directors that have worked on the show. There's countless writers, countless um, writers that are credited for creating the characters that they're using. It's a long list of so many people. It would be, it would be too much to go through. I'm not going to try it, but I will say this. This was a well-produced show. The times that I hated it 
are greatly outweighed by the times that I was so obsessed. This was my TV crack for large parts of my early adulthood. Every time a new season was announced, I would be online screaming with excitement. I was I was happy every single time I knew that the show was going to get out of the season. So, you know, shout outs, shout outs to the boys upstairs. Thank you for giving us this. Thank you for giving us Titans. It was great. I want to shine a massive spotlight on the costume department, which is mainly headed up by Laura Jean Shannon, Joyce Scher, and Nola Chaters. Chaters? Chaters. Superhero live action movies and TV shows rely on honoring their source material because they know that the larger part of their fan base are people that were big fans of the comics, the, the source material. So a big part of honoring that legacy is the costumes. Costumes are a huge part of anything actually superhero based. Costumes are the thing that people really look at. If you're watching a Superman thing, whatever it may be that features Superman, you are waiting to see that iconic uniform with the S on his chest and the red panties. Like that's when when you see that you're like, oh, it's Clark Kent time. You know, it's that association it's, and it's honoring that image that people may have grown up with. That's why it's so important. So for the Titans, I love all their costume designs for um, their superhero personas. I loved them. I love how they went as far as to update some of the heroine's designs because, you know, it was, it was like the 60s, 50s when some of these characters were created. A lot of their comic book outfits are questionable. I just... <laughs> I just did, I could never compute. Why am I fighting crime wearing bodysuit with like a high V? Oh my. And they'd always give the women heels. And I just, unless I can fly, there's really no need to, to be putting me in shoes that are just not going to work in a fight. It just doesn't make sense. So yes, I love the modern adaptations to a lot of them. Like the fact that Starfire has pants that's amazing that's you you cannot even imagine well okay people that don't wear women's clothing you cannot even imagine i can't imagine fighting in like that's that's mini skirt that starfire is always wearing in the things in the the later comics and then in the originals i think she was the one who was always in like a very skimpy bodysuit just thank you Thank you, all of you. There were about 143 people in the whole like costume department. And that's people sewing, people researching, people making these outfits work for the visual medium. And also to ensure that like they work in your action sequences. They shine right. They are lit up right. The material isn't like making the actors suffer 
a lot of people touched these costumes they worked on these projects and i just want to say great work to everybody really really good um a surprisingly good aspect of this show was the soundtrack i really i really liked a lot of the songs that they use a lot of good modern songs a lot of songs that are maybe a little underrated that i would have i wouldn't have known about if i hadn't watched this i've stolen i've stolen so many bangers from this show honestly the song that if you're if you follow us on instagram and you see our promotional posts um for the episode on instagram the song i used for the episode promo was actually from a random scene between dick and an old friend from the circus i think it's season dos is it season it's between season two and season three because i remember jason todd was involved but it's it's a random song that happens during a conversation but it was so beautiful it was just and i play it all the time now i love it so much and i think it, it it works beautifully for the pair that we are talking about today so yeah shout out music massive huge shout out to the stunt department these were some great fights there there were some good fights in here because we know our heroes they're gonna face off against baddies <laughs> you know, you know what kind of baddies i mean when i say that they're gonna face some foes they're gonna fight and part of the escapism part of the believing that this is real of these kinds of shows is we gotta believe that these fights are real we gotta believe that they're legit and the stunt people they did great work making movements actions weapon usage they worked on that stuff i follow most of the cast from this show on instagram because you know i'm a big fan of hot people so <laughs> i've seen them in between seasons or like whilst they're filming or maybe bts that they post later they'll they'll show videos of them during training sessions and i see them so i know that they are working they are being worked they are ensuring that this will visually look great to us and i also liked that um they worked around an actor's capabilities like making fight sequences to cater to bad girl's wheelchair movements like even though she's wheelchair bound she can she can kick some ass she can make it work when um when she pulled out the the weapon from her chair i was like oh snap she <laughs> like those I, I love aspects like that do not try to um force somebody to to become like this action figure action body because um it's it's limited movements that they have like work around it and work for it i will say though <laughs> The violence the level of violence i think this was rated 16 v if i am not mistaken netflix doesn't really show you age ratings that much so i was old enough duh the violence was so jarring <laughs> it's it's the type of violence that like makes me avert my cowardly eyes you know bone breaking face smashing all that stuff um it's not bad it's not it's not that's why I'm, I'm bringing it up here and not in like a dislike section it's not bad it's very good it's very good for the visuals it's very good for 
you know, the, the stakes of the show. And I like that even with that intense violence that would normally make me look away, the fights were so delicious. Like, I just kind of had to, I would power through it a little bit. I would just be like, you know what? Take it. <laughs> just take it for today because these are good fights. On to the cost. Leading us into the light. We have the incredibly wonderful Anna Diop as Coriander slash Corianders slash Starfire. Now, right up like five seconds ago, I said I'm a big fan of hot people. I am a massive fan of Miss Diop. And her work. And her work specifically. She has been in things like Us, Nanny, Quantico, Message from the King, Something About Her, and the upcoming film Book of Clarence. She was actually on, I, I found this out during research period. She was on Everybody Hates Chris for a considerable time. That was her TV debut, which is amazing. And I just think that she is an amazing actor. She is a goddess-looking human being. I, oh, literal jaw-dropping beauty anytime I see her. I, oh, just talking about her, I'm feeling warm. I'm giddy. I, <laughs> I'm so glad I have words that I wanted to say because so I, I will get derailed. Like, I'm... <laughs> I would get derailed if I had to just speak about this woman. But yes, I love her. I didn't know about her when the first set pictures from the show dropped. I just, I remember the announcement and then there were pictures from that first season. And I remember how everybody reacted to her specific costing as our girl star, Starfire. And I just, I want to quickly address the comic book nerds the the sci-fi nerds all of y'all in general for for one moment what the fuck is wrong with (laughs) y'all please this is a pressing question you saw a six foot orange skinned alien from a different galaxy and you thought to yourself this should exclusively be played by a white person are you lot serious and it's not just here i i see it with um star wars stuff i'm not a fan of star wars because i know nothing i know absolutely nothing but any time that they dare to put a non-white person in a prominent role for an alien you guys lose your minds and i don't understand it you are existing in a world where fire throwing aliens can come to earth you're in a world where the rebellion is happening in a world with flying cars and baby odors but you want to be upset that the person who is portraying this fictional reality is not white like you i mm. (laughs) i could throw a chair i just it makes me mad so much and it happens all the damn time and i need y'all to get a grip 
because it's not going to stop happening it's not the big problem that you're making out to be and thirdly and i think the most importantly it is not real it is not real so how are you attaching racism to a concept that is not real the things that i saw this lady like the criticisms that were thrown at this lady at the time that this was going to be released madness absolute madness even the wardrobe thing because the way that starfire is dressed in the first season <sighs> once you watch the show once you get past the first three episodes of the show you understand why she's dressed like that in the set pictures all they would were taken is for you to meet Corey to understand it so i just that was that was a tough time to be on the inter internet because i knew it was gonna happen again anytime soon with anybody y'all need to get a grip <laughs> y'all need to get a grip because this cannot keep happening there are so many sci-fi things there's so many superhero things that are still bound to happen you need to shut up you need to shut up and you need to get a grip but history is on our side because now we are at the end of this program and it is a universally agreed point that miss diop was perfect casting for this role like anna really got the first chance to be a live action starfire and she cemented her name on this character like she will always be associated with starfire to me and the interwebs and for that she's legendary speaking of hot people <laughs> right by her side all the way through we have brenton thwaites as richard grayson aka former robin aka current nightwing <laughs> silent breathe i have adored this man for a very long time big 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 fan of him he has been in the giver maleficent gods of egypt pirates of the caribbean dead man tell no tales and several other things boat and busy busy man respectfully and loudly he's so fine <laughs> he's so fine oh my god oh my god there is always a goofy grin on my face when i have to talk about him and i j <laughs> wow what a man what a man what a man i think that this was so well casted because it takes a lot of quiet intensity to play the first robin he goes through a lot dick grayson's life has been difficult um and the journey that he undertakes you gotta you gotta have like this quiet intensity going on about you all the time stoicness about you which actually is a very funny juxtaposition because Brenton, you know, he's very active online. Anyone that follows him on Instagram will see that he is, he, well, he presents as 
super goofy and sweet and just ah, so nunu's fun so he's like 34 so nunu's and you can see that like that juxtaposition makes you see that he is playing this role to the best of his abilities and he's doing it very well also fun fact he is the first live action dick grayson to wear the nightwing suit everyone before him had just like stopped at being robin and didn't go further so big 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 legacy also on his hands i appreciate brenton for honoring the tradition of nightwing being thicker than chocolate ganache <laughs> and i'm being so serious he physically got thicker as the seasons progressed it's like he knew in the back of his mind that his time is coming and one of this is why i love brenton brenton knew that with great nyash comes great responsibility but yes um i love these two so much i'm in love with them actually <laughs> so so much they they cause a bi-panic in me that is so grand that i literally have to bounce my eyes between them like it's a tennis match it doesn't help that they're absolute besties offset like set pictures with them i'm like oh you guys greatest of friends greatest of buddies and i love that for you so much and i love you too so much honorable mentions of course of course before anything else i must begin with the fellow titans on the team because i i adored them i adore them all so very much we have tegan croft as rachel slash raven ryan potter as gar slash beast boy joshua orpin as carner slash superboy and jay like kurgle like kurgle as tim drake slash robin third robin, he's third robin yes lovely kids um i'm sure most of them are older than me but the energy that they brought they were lovely children lovely kids lovely i want to say they'd be the future of of the dc universe but i honestly have no idea what's going to happen in the future for any character under that place so um good luck in the rest of the things that they do because they killed it here i love them then of course i must acknowledge the og titans we have connor leslie as wonder girl alan richson as i want to say hulk but his name hank it's it's but yeah he's hulk and hank and then we have minka kelly as dawn slash dove did i mention yeah sorry connor leslie is donna slash wonder girl i just realized that mistake but yeah, shout out to them. And then there's also Ian Glenn playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He was great. Chellerman as Jericho. And Savannah Welsh as Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl. Lovely work from all of them. Some of them only exist in one season. So we barely see them. But the time that they are there, they're doing great work. Everybody was acting their little tushies off. And I love that for them then we cannot have heroes 
without villains and one thing about dc they serve with their antagonists we have Isaiah Morales as Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. We have Joseph Morgan as Sebastian Sanger, a.k.a. Brother Blood. We have Frank Potente, who plays Mother Mayhem. And even if it was just one singular appearance as Lex Luthor, Titus Welliver ate. Ate it up. He did so well. I was so convinced. I was so this is I think this is the first time that we've been introduced to a Lex Luthor and have kind of have kind of sided with him and not agreed with him. I've not agreed with him. But I wanted to hear him out because he really did fantastic work. All of our villains did fantastic work. On to the plot. If you are a person that likes anything to do with the Teen Titans. Or in general, you're interested in the DC world outside of the Justice League. I highly recommend this show. Yes, things will be rough in the beginning. But, you know, we all have to endure. We all have to endure to get the beauty of something. And I think that's kind of the thing you learn if your person that watches CW shows. Your perseverance will be rewarded I swear, if you have watched the show, please DM me so we can talk about this. Um, this podcast episode isn't going to be long enough to get my thoughts out. And I just, I need, I need to talk to somebody who saw what I saw, who knows what I know. Like, I, I need, I need to get these thoughts out. But yes, sorry. <clears throat> if you have watched it, here is a summary. Following the formation of the formidable team, Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and Robin, otherwise known as the Titans, watch as they hone their strengths and face fearsome foes. If you're wondering at any point, hey, where's Cyborg? Is he not part of the Titans? He's with, he's with Doom Patrol on their own separate show. I've never had the time to watch it and I never understood why they were separated in that way it just feels like quite a shame that we only have one crossover episode to showcase the beast boy and cyborg bromance that I've always loved but you know blame HBO Max of course there are going to be spoilers um it's a long show and I am aiming to cover all aspects of all four seasons so if you have not caught up if you are planning to see it later this is the point where you have to stop <laughs> this is the point where you have to pause because spoilers are coming there are tons of matchups across this show's um existence and I, I really, I, I think I said earlier, I could have talked about anybody, but I really wanted to talk about Decorey because their legacy as a couple in this comic book universe is that of a loving and supportive and understanding pairing. I think Teen Titans Go is one of 
if not the only one to frame this as some one-sided idolization that will never come true everywhere else we get this once closed off and isolated boy open his heart up to a quirky alien that has adopted the bright side in order to keep surviving and they take where they are in each other's journeys and they meet each other in the middle and they give us as fans something that is so so precious so without further ado here is starfire and nightwing i feel that i must start off by saying everything i'm going to say is based on the dc material that i have watched where these two characters are present so that is justice league versus teen titans injustice young justice and teen titans go i am so sorry to the original teen titans stands i know how you guys feel about teen titans go but i just completely missed that era of television i think they never even broadcast it on our local cartoon network so you know access is is my disadvantage here so i won't be able to comment on what happens on that show but i think that i have enough knowledge i can fake it till i make it i will say that my favorite representation of this couple was how they were how they were shown in justice league versus teen titans it's it's a small part it's they're not even like the main point of the story but i think it's great at illustrating something that i noticed whilst i was watching the show titans Corey and dick fulfill the mom and dad trope when it comes to the younger titans and that translates to how they are together as a couple like i think they take the term found family to very serious lanes mainly because dick always intended to redo his his first titans team idea when it came with when it came to recruiting the younger ones but he wanted to do it this time with a less harsh hand and you know that idea falls apart quickly like he is who he is he is the first robin that was trained to be this way he can only do so much to change so i think cory is there to make it easier for him and root everything that the team does in the well-being of their team members and this is the case even before they formally became a team like in that those early days in the first season when they just i think dick dick referred to them as people with a common goal because he could not say the t word to save his life so even during those early days they were like co-captains that just had differing opinions on everything on every decision on every method to to get to those goals it never gets to the point where it's malicious between them though 
most of their arguments and disagreements they end very adorably and this is how Corey sets Dick up to change as a person you have to consider who Dick Grayson was when we meet him he is near the end of his shift as boy one I mean Robin He's questioning his upbringing, his role in the superhero game, and what his future will be if he wants to continue being this this hero to people. It's not like he was the Fresh Prince of Gotham, lounging in the Wayne Manor all of his life. Bruce put that child to work very quickly. His closest friends were colleagues basically because they were their own sidekicks with their own backstories and so now he is grown he is searching for something that will have that impact on the world but doesn't cost him his physical his mental spiritual stability so it's this big existential question for him how do i be like robin but different it's especially tough because you know in his past attempts to be the batman before he realized that he could be the batman but different in his past attempts to kind of be that guy he made some fatal errors he made a lot of fatal errors on his quest to be a better person and it's things like that 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 haunt him. I don't think he ever truly lets go of how he hurt Jericho. And things like that, mistakes like that are are just in his mind all the time. Like Dick Grayson is fighting personal demons for majority of this story. Even when, you know, some of those past mistakes are forgiven. He's constantly worried about messing up again, about hurting his new team again. Enter our dear, lovely, sweet Cory. Now, Coriander, she's had a vastly different upbringing. She was an actual royal princess, you know, born into this, this world where she immediately has huge responsibilities from the time that she is a baby. Um, and those and those responsibilities, Corey could only really fathom their weight when she came to Earth to try and execute those responsibilities. When you spend your entire life being trained to kill world-ending demons, you don't imagine that you might get to Earth, meet up with said demon that is actually a teenager and you know bond with them get to know them on a personal level and feel less urgent about stopping intergalactic apocalypse no one trained her for that part no one prepared her for that part Corey has to always consider how her current actions will affect the future like that's the <gasps> sorry <laughs> i just epiphany she has Hamlet syndrome. <laughs> For those of you that have never read Hamlet or like don't know the story, I, d I don't know if I should use Corey to illustrate the story or tell you about Hamlet, but 
they're the same person essentially um Corey, she has to execute these big plans that she doesn't even fully understand and she's hesitating at every turn because new information new struggles are coming about and it puts her in this very tough spot she doesn't have a living version of hamlet to complain to some other would understand how confusing these vague orders given by the king slash her own father are like there's no one there's no one exactly in her shoes all she can do is be this smiley happy safe space for others knowing that for her struggles for her battles she will forever be misunderstood or no one can ever truly help her like this is all the time everyone keeps telling her like this is the thing you have to do on your own this is the path you have to take you're the princess this is your duty these swirling around her head very much i'm shocked that she didn't turn into hamlet whilst they were making this but that was that was the situation that she was under that is until she meets our boy wonder they coriantic they are literally branches of the same tree vastly different upbringings vastly different responsibilities rooted in the same thing if we think about it they even have similar dads which is a psychology lesson for another day although dick cannot begin to understand the pressures that are there for a tamaranian princess he can recognize that specific brand of loneliness isolation duty and he can say hey your destiny is not ordained by others i think he literally does say that at some point and it's something that i think he needed to hear for himself all that while ago when he was on this quest to be a better batman and he can now be there to be this voice to be this this person that softens the experience for someone else and for him Corey constantly reminds him that he is a better man than his heirs and he must just you know put that aside and lean on the people around him dig in for that support reach out reach reach across it's it's not just you robin alone anymore and for that i think that's how they become great co-captains they become great co-leaders they become great parents essentially (laughs) their shared experience and how they make up for where the other person falls short that's that's the golden partnership since dick grew up to be you know under the wings <laughs> so sorry <laughs> it's not that funny um he grew up under the wings of batman he had to be very serious all the time there was a lot of strictness in his life o- obedience order all of that Corey shows him that there is more to this gig than training super soldiers that man was he was about to 
make the children suffer in the Titan's Tower until Koi showed up and just loosened, loosened the hinges a bit. And that's what, that's what she always does. I do think that Dirk is a much better leader because he is now thinking with that mentality of guidance over um, being their trainer. He's great as like a foster dad to Rachel. And I think he guides the boys to be much better than he was when he was growing up. Like, I hear y'all saying all those things about, oh, Connor is half Lex Luthor. He's half Superman. He's the first superhero to have two dads. He has three fathers. And the realest of those fathers is Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson was a better daddy than all of them combined. I digress. <laughs> total, total digression. Since Corey, on the other hand, she grew up to against the the odds against against the odds that she was raised in she grew up to be quite light-hearted and you know she's quick to react quick quick to execute get the job done i think dick shows her that it's not well it shouldn't be so scary to to face the serious stuff the the hectic um situations that she finds herself in those those tough decisions that she has to make like she doesn't have to be terrified about those things because she is no longer the only person in that mission she's no longer alone in this mission and she can also in her own way reach out for help reach out for suggestions um think things through with the people around her that that will support her and will help her Maybe find a different way. Part of the problem with the Hamlet syndrome is that when you're delaying a terrible task, you tend to, you, you, you jump to the nearest possible solution. And sometimes that sets you back way more than if you had done the terrible task to begin with. Like for Hamlet, stabbing Polonius, not his intention, not what he wanted to do at all. It puts more than a spanner in his works because it it even ruins his future plans because now they send him away and he can't execute his father's vision. They send him away. With the case with Corey, you know, she thought, hey, I I helped Rachel when they told me that I should I should kill her instead. I don't have to rush. The Sebastian mission, there's, there's going to be a way. And the the quick fixes that she found, it, it actually set them back a lot. But it's, it's part of the game. You're going to make mistakes. And that's what I love about her having Dick there to always say, Hey man, it's okay. It's all right. We'll find a better way. There's he, Part of Dick's whole thing with seasons three and four is he always wanted people to think there is a better way where no one has to get hurt or sins can be forgiven and all that stuff and think speaking of season four i think that's why season four is so beautiful for these two characters for these two 
on their journey because when you're watching a love story that is inevitable we all know going into this that starfire and nightwing are gonna be a couple so you kind of a lot of people will be like okay well what's the point what what are we looking forward to if we know that this is what is going to happen you witness the journey you witness how exactly these two people come together at the end and that is a beautiful beautiful thing the writers they knew this as well they knew that this is an inevitable couple that's going to happen so the first thing they did is they got the sex out of the way and i really i really appreciate that like episode five of the first season they just they they bang it out and then it's in the back of our minds for the the duration of this journey it forces us to watch how these two move through this journey even if that includes seeing other people but actually um richard richard grayson wayne he was he was a busy boy he they're seeing other people and then this guy had three exes dove batgirl even jinx at some point and that is only the women that we met the women that we know about everybody else on this show got two love interest interests maximum this man was trying to beat bruce wayne's record uh, i'm not such a man i believe everybody should do whatever the hell they want but i will i will richard it's famous indoor time that was i'm sorry that was nuts but no matter what he was doing where he was at i do appreciate that he kept all of that mess away from my girl Corey. she was never involved she's never she's never caught up in it i also think she didn't care but that's that's a conversation for another day this entire thing is a conversation for another day I, i've completely digressed from my point um we later find out that in in Dick's case, it's been a sure thing about Corey since that night. Like he he was he was set on her from that night. This is before he knew about the the daughter that they would later have. This is before he thought that Corey might have to die in order for them to succeed in their mission though we don't see it until the end knowing that knowing that he was so set on her all this time it makes so much sense dick was always happier around Corey when Corey was around he, he tended to light up he tended to soften up there's a scene um in season three where Dick is wearing his his nice suit. He's making a sign. I remember he's in the kitchen. He's making a sandwich, and Corey comes in there. They're talking about stuff, and just the whole time that they're interacting, even though at the time Dick is dating Barbara, I can see it. I can see that this man is always just brighter, happier, more open when Corey is around, and he was always looking out for her. Which was kind of funny because like Corey, she could throw men twice her size to the side. 
oh you know burn their faces well she didn't really need protecting but he was always watching out for her and that in that protective sense and always looking out for her emotionally they were always the two that could talk to each other about things they were just they were soulmates um and that's beautiful i think it's beautiful that even when people are not together physically even if they're not even if the romance rumors are kind of dead the caring is always there it is not as loud and as clear as what we see with dawn and hank you know r.i.p hank it should have been jason todd but it's still it's still there and we get a, a bright shining example of what it could be in season four episode eight when they're stuck in the 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 town that is bewitched which for any wandavision fans out there that was funny <laughs> that was like the thought of a whole town devoted to this cult that was funny but yes um when they're playing carol and ted that was just a glimpse into all of this romantic love that was boiling underneath all along and i'll never forget the look on dick's face when Corey's memories are kind of fading she's kind of forgetting who she is and he is just so sad to see the woman that he loves um fading away like that that was <sighs> i'll never forget that and then there's also the look on his face when you know during the finale everyone had kind of accepted okay the only way that this can end the only way that we can save everybody is if koi does this thing but she stands to die and that brings me back to the thing i was saying with the hero and hero dynamic you're always kind of one job away from losing this person and even though you want to save the world you want civilians to be safe you want to spare your team as most as you can it'll never be easy to accept that like okay i'm gonna I'm lose the love of my life today and i was <sighs> dick Grayson was so heartbroken even though he knew he couldn't stop it he he couldn't stop it because like they needed they needed sebastian gone so the look on his face when he sees her disappear into the sky that is the face of a man whose love just it wasn't on time and he regrets it it hurts so bad for two minutes <laughs> and then Corey descends from the sky we found out she can fly which is cool i really wish we had seen one of that anyway um she descends from the sky and there is that relief on his face and that bright joyful smile on Corey's face and they come together that that whole moment that is love realizing that hey now is the time if there was any other time it is now and it was beautiful am i mad that it took so long to get there yes i am would i go through all of that again just to watch these two walk off into the city sunset filled with joy not a care in the world hand in hand absolutely
speaking of famous looks from Dick Grayson. So in the memorable episode where these two um there's a way that he looks at Corey. And the way that he looks at Corey that that look has been embedded in my brain since I started the show in 2018. I think about it often often i will repost it um under our tweets for this episode i will also repost it on tumblr i think it's <laughs> you won't understand you won't understand unless you've seen it but the the gif itself of the moment um he he eyes are up and down like he has been in the desert for 30 days and Corey is his cool oasis. If I have to talk about that moment for too long, I will scream. So I'm going to move on. Um, it's time. It's um, likes and dislikes time. It's a mixed bag over here. It's... It's, it's a lot, so forgive me in advance. Likes. This is going to be controversial, but I stand by it. I really liked the visual effects, the CGI, all that. Loved it. The way that they made Rachel's powers look so menacing. The way that Corey's face um, lit up and the way it like, crackled. She looked like... What's her name? She looked like Lava Girl sometimes. Whenever she used her power, her powers to fire off at people. God's transformations, they were all great. I like, I, I <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to word this properly. I like that the degree of visual effects used leaves some space to the imagination of the viewers. I think that we need to. Realize that low budget CGI, it doesn't always mean that it's now ruined our visual experience. Like, especially if you're a person that grew up watching movies and stuff, late 90s, early 2000s, we, we've, we've watched a lot of things and had to do the imagining on behalf of the story because of how the effects were done. And it's not a prison sentence. It's not the worst possible thing that you'll have to endure just to enjoy a movie. Like, guys, we're used to this. Not everything has to be so photorealistic it would look like it could exist in the world. Because I think the closer we're getting to photorealism, the more weird and unreal things are starting to look. So not always just spending millions of billions of dollars to make something look like it was happening to us exactly. You know, just like calm down Marvel Studios. We can we can do the rest. I really liked the villains. Like I said, this is DC's speciality. And I don't know if I'll ever stop being impressed, especially when 
you know, bless his heart. The joke is cool or whatever. I've heard so much about him. I'm kind of tired. So it's nice to get villains um, within the universe that are not the Joker, that are as menacing, as as cruel, as evil, and they get to they get to shine in shows like this. Like I didn't think that much of Scarecrow before. But in this show, he was a literal menace. In season three, literal menace. I didn't know anything about Mother Mayhem before she showed up on the show. And she was a beast. She killed it. She did really, really well. So, yes, um, DC shows that give um, villains a chance to shine really show us what they're made of. I really do like that. Thank you. I like how they cast disabled actors and that their characters weren't turned into villains by virtue of being disabled. I've said on the show many a time, um, people in the, within the disabled community have said it a bunch of times, written about it, made videos about it, like there's material out there. It's kind of nuts to cast or create um, characters that are disabled but use those disabilities as some kind of thing that is monsterify a word. But yeah, basically, like, the industry likes to monsterify disabilities. There's a word I'm looking for, and it's not monsterify, but I hope you guys understand what I mean. Like, there is a way in the past that people have just used people's disabilities to kind of make them the bad guy. And disabled people have said multiple times that that is not a nice representation of them. It's not nice to only be seen in that light. So I do like how the show handles that. Like Jericho, despite being born from a literal villain, he had all the intentions in the world to be a hero. He had all the intentions to be a good guy and use his powers for the better of the human race. Barbara Gordon, despite her disability, she is determined to save people, even with her work as the police commissioner. I'm sure she would still be able to do it if she decided to become Batgirl again, but I think she has more reach as the police commissioner, actually. So, and on top of that, it's inclusive castings. Inclusive castings, I know that when we speak about it on the internet people think mostly with race all inclusion is is lovely for the stories it's a nice change of pace it just it shows and reminds people that we live in a society and within a society there are a whole bunch of different people across all i want to say characteristics but yeah inclusive Casting is not the end of your story. If anything, it will make it 10 times better. So, you know. Dislikes. This is a double dislike because one feeds into the other. But still. I don't like how they handled the progression of most of the relationships. But I think that it is a fault of time restraint more than anything. I read up when I was researching that the creators had plans for more seasons. There were things that they were going to touch on, characters that they were going to build on. But alas, the show 
Um, it was originally just produced by DC Universe, and then it became an HBO Max show. And HBO Max is owned by Warner Brothers. And if there's anything we've learned in the past three years, Warner Brothers really hate making movies and TV shows for some reason. So I think they were doomed. They were doomed to to not um, fleshing out anything. I just, oh man, I really thought they were going to give it the... If they had the CW treatment, we would be getting 10 seasons. And all 10 seasons would have made me so, so happy. So this hurts. And part of my dislike is that it was too short to really get everything going. Even the way it ends bothers me because I was like, oh, you guys, you guys wanted to do more of this. But you got cut off. So I, I, I can't blame you. All of my hate really goes to Warner Brothers. It, it's funny though that this is the case because couples that existed during one season like Tim and Bernard, Rose and Jason, you know, they got a lot of time to develop in that one season. We saw them do a lot, get a lot done, grow, all of that. Maybe if we got another season for them, they would have given they would have been given the chance to flesh things out. You know, in the way that Dawn and Hank's arc was lots of ups and downs, but ultimately coming together. I I wish we had that. Oh, we could have seen so much with Rachel and Gar. Because I feel like that was so... It was up and down, but never clear. If you know what I mean. It was there, but we were so close. And we just never really got it. And I'm sure the writers, they didn't want to finish off Decoy so quickly feel like they could have dragged this across three seasons you know just really build it up flesh it out but again time time got better of us it robbed us of so many things we didn't even get to see who would have been blue beetle or how would they have done miss martian time anyway final one i don't like how people's powers just fizzled out a little bit namely rachel and connor season one rachel she came out she hit the ground running even though she had absolutely no control over her abilities season one rachel was powerful she was deep in it she was demanding i i felt like this was raven you know what i mean she was giving raven even when she evolves near the end of the show i just the rate of her power it just never got bigger than that season two season three like it never got bigger than that i don't understand if she has evolved now by season four these are um deeper abilities they're not connected solely to her father or she has embraced all of her sides I don't know. I I, I, mm. <laughs> I felt like she could have been able to make things shake so much. And she just didn't. Connor was another one for me. I think his powers wavered a lot. It was Superboy. And then sometimes it was kind of... It was not that Superboy. Or they were just downplaying how much he could do. 
with these powers. I don't know. I don't know. And then we also fast forwarded past Gar learning to transform into all those other animals. Like it was just, oh hey, he can do this now. And then we moved on as if we didn't spend two seasons with him solely being able to turn into a tiger. I don't know. I don't know. That bothered me. That bothered me. I understand that we're here because we're getting to know these heroes as people and their personal struggles. But the super part of superheroes, you know, that's a little important. It's a little important too. Oh, okay, okay. Actual proper final dislike. It's 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 very petty. I dislike Jason Todd. I did not care for that young man's attitude. Did not like him. My favorite Robin is Tim Drake. My biking. He deserves all of the praise. And I stand on that. It's the end of the show. Let me tell you. I think I'm sick. (laughs) Not so much that I can't speak. But that my throat. It's so scratchy. My entire final sinus passage is just... I want to itch it so bad, but I can't. And that's the only thing happening. There are no other flu symptoms that I'm feeling. Just this itch. And I, ooh, I don't know what it is. I, I want to blame summer. It's getting very hot. It's going to be very hot this week. And I want the record to show. I hate summer. And I hate what heat does to my body. Okay. Like, oof, I want this feeling to go away so bad. But you know, the show must go on. And this is the long awaited finale of the show. So, it is time for the Who's Your Fave Battle DC Youth Edition. I'll discuss the older people when we get a Justice League that I agree with. So for now, my youngins. And in this corner, we have Megan, aka Miss Martian, and Connor, aka Superboy, versus Artemis, aka Tigress, and Wally, aka Kid Flash. Yes, I'm exclusively looking at the Young Justice team. Yes. I'm aware that one of these couples can't happen due to morbid circumstances that I am still not over. I don't care. I liked these couples, so I used them in the battle. Please vote for your faves on our Twitter poll at StarringCupid. We also have a Tumblr poll at StarringCupid Podcast and our Instagram poll at summer tea shares let us hear what you think let your voices be heard tell us what you think about these shows tell us what you think about these couples tell us what you think about dc you know i'm willing to hear anything unless if you want to talk about young justice i have not watched season four and i don't know when i will so if you spoil it for me you you are going on my list of enemies block you everywhere that I can please do not do this to me that is all from me folks um thank you so much 
if you are south african listener i would like to remind you to please register to vote please especially if you're a young person please elections they're not as easy as a who's your fave battle but you know being counted is so important and i think you can figure out what your choice will be as the time goes by it but it's more important to like give yourself that opportunity to cast your vote in the first place so please please register young people please use thine voices use them to speak if you are attending any protests um during the week please be safe please um cover yourself up you know mask up all those things that people have advised in the past it is very important as well our resistance and our monetary disinvestment is enough to ensure evil governments do not harm innocent people anywhere so it is best that we start now because this is going to be the case for palestine it'll be the case for congo for sudan and for haiti and any other country suffering under imperialism the show this show will return next week um i'll keep going for as long as i have stuff to say because that's really the fuel for me these days please stream so that we may reach our 3k goal we're so close we're so close thank you to everybody that supports the podcast um with your listens with your retweets your sharing your liking i see you all and words can never describe how much i appreciate you for all of that thank you thank you thank you until next week from the river to the sea palestine will be free. Goodbye.